Vicky Baker, now you are 13 years old. You are a teenager and you're as good as gold. Ricky Baker, oh. Ricky Baker, happy birthday. Once rejected, now accepted by me. And Hector, we're a trifecta. Three Films on a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Three Films and a Little Podcast. Coming to you from Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Ben Lawhorn, and I am joined today by Matt Weiler and Tyler Beck, who's up in Portland. Uh, today we are doing a little pod episode, um, and as these little pods are meant to be run, uh, we're going to try to keep this short and sweet, and we're going to be going over the movies that we watched before this was a podcast when we were just three dudes watching movies. Um, <laughs> I was boring around. <laughs> I know. Just what we need. Three white guys talking about movies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're going to be going over today is uh, round four, um, which was a round that I was in charge of the selections. Uh, we've kind of changed our process now where we kind of have one theme overall for the rounds, but when we were doing this back then, we were kind of giving each individual person a theme. Um, so we'll go over those later, but uh, yeah, I just want to say real quick, really appreciate everyone's support. Um, these little pods are a lot of fun for us, um, kind of allows us to, I mean, not that any of them are really work or anything like that, but these are just kind of a fun recap. Um, mm-hmm. You've probably heard, you know, a movie draft or two by now. Uh, some of the recaps of our watch parties that we have, which are always a blast. So these episodes are really fun for us to record because it is just like a little more lighthearted and just kind of an easy conversation to have. Um, but today, yeah, like I said, we're going to be going over round four. Um, my first prompt was, I believe it was to Tyler. Let me check my notes. I should have done this. Um, (laughs) I asked Tyler to pick a BAFTA winner, which is essentially the, the British Oscar awards. I asked him to pick a a BAFTA, I believe a, a writing winner. I was very much trying to target him towards one specific thing. I was not so subtle with all the hints I was giving to him <laughs> and Tyler throughout this. It's like, Oh, just so you guys know, uh, Taika Waititi just won a BAFTA for writing. So um, yeah. Anyways, Tyler, here's your category. So um, yeah, we are going to first be talking about Jojo Rabbit, and Tyler will let you take it away. Yeah. I uh, apparently this won a BAFTA. <laughs> uh it's the 2019 film by Taika Waititi uh again called Jojo Rabbit and uh it uh follows a young boy in Hitler's army who finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in her home and uh or in their home I suppose and uh, I mean on a on a surface level that's a that's exactly what this is about you know we have um are they in Germany or where are they in France where I can't remember where they are I believe they're in Germany. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so we've got this kid who is growing up uh, under the, uh, under the banner of the, the Nazi army, I guess you could say. Uh, And he is, he, it's a sort of a a coming, coming of age story about a young man 
uh, trying to find his way and find his place in a uh, in Nazi Germany. Um, and uh, it sounds a whole hell of a lot uh, more depressing and sad and bleak than it really is. It it couldn't <laughs> possibly be farther from that. Um, it's very heartfelt. It's very charming. It's very um, loving and warm, which is weird to say about a movie set around uh, the Nazis, you know, from the Nazis perspective in particular. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, just like a fun coming of age story, sort of a, almost like a fish out of water coming of age, you know, underdog story you know this mm-hmm. this poor kid all he wants to be is the, the uh, a great nazi in hitler's army and he wants to make hitler proud and for some reason as the viewer you're on board with this and you're rooting for the kid you really yeah you really you really want success for this kid <laughs> um and you know without tipping my hand too much towards the end uh you know maybe some lessons are learned and maybe some world views are changed but um yeah it's got uh roman da- uh, roman griffin davis plays jojo uh and it's got uh, thomas mckenzie and scarlett johansson um scarlett johansson she's just such a treasure <laughs> you know so like good. she's so great someday you'll meet someone special why does everyone keep telling me that it's so funny because it's almost sort of like I take her for granted now. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. When I see so her name in a have. movie, it's just like, oh, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. But then, you know, you see it, see her in a movie. Like, you just think of her, oh, it's just Scarlett Johansson. But like, her role here as Rosie, as JoJo's mom, is just, she's just so good. She's so charming. Really? Yeah. She's, she's, she's great on screen. I mean, she's obviously beautiful, uh, but she's just, uh, I don't know. She's a she's a real talent uh, and we're lucky to have her and we're lucky to have seen her in so much stuff. I mean, she's in like at least a quarter of, of our 2020 <laughs> Rushmore Mountain, you know, between yeah. uh, Marriage Story and this like, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of a couple different movies that she was in this year. Not only was she in our end of year list, she was also nominated for Oscars. And uh, I didn't mean for this to turn into a Scarlett Johansson um, <laughs> We're renaming this praise this party, yeah. Yeah. but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as the rest of the cast goes, I mean, Sam Rockwell's in this, uh, Rebel Wilson's in it, Alfie Allen, uh, Stephen Merchant. You know, there's a lot of cool people in this, and there's a lot of really um, interesting characters in this, both uh, in the actual characters themselves and then the people that play them. And it's just, uh, yeah, I don't really know, I don't really know what else to, I could really say about it as far as describing the movie. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think everything you said was spot on. This was obviously a huge year for ScarJo between this marriage story and Endgame. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so much now that where ScarJo gets wrapped into Black Widow, but you know, right. we get to step aside and again, like, I mean, if you want to hear us gush about Marriage Story, go back to our round two recap. <laughs> go back to our Rushmore for 2020. Like this is call this us, is a pro Marriage us. Story podcast. Will, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, you call me at three in the morning. I will talk to you about Marriage Story. Um, <laughs> if you want to, I even put that in my letterbox that this was a uh, one of my two favorite movies this year, where ScarJo ties someone's shoes for them. Yeah, because uh, she does oh, it this and in uh, Marriage Story, but um yeah no i mean I, I had a great time with this movie i think this is a blind watch for all three of us yeah um i think none of us had seen this before um now like what were your thoughts on the movie did you have like a, a favorite scene or anything like that you want to throw out there yeah uh so i've i've been very open about how I'm a, I'm a very um i'm a very happy ending person or if it's not a happy ending i like the sweet 
reward um, in a mm-hmm. movie to sort of offset um, the sour or the the down parts. And the thing about Taika Waititi is like he does do that. And from literally everybody I've talked to, like he successfully does that in this movie. And mm-hmm. I guess on my first watch, I didn't get all the way back up. So like it it is beautiful, as as Tyler mentioned, I think it captures so much humanity that you're not even expecting. Yeah, um, I don't think you go into it necessarily uh, empathizing with uh, Nazi involved people like we've never empathized with Hitler youth before. Yeah. We've never empathized yeah. with hit- Nazis that were not OK with what was going on with Nazis that were helping people sort of get away right. with things. Yeah. And those are things that we haven't seen explored and we haven't obviously seen anything about uh, Nazi era Germany uh, shed in like a more comedic light. I know that there's movies like Life is Beautiful where there's some beautiful like funny scenes in that, but it's not a, a comedy. Whereas this one I feel like does play very much as a comedy. For sure. Um, it was like, so Taika Waititi, he comes from a, he's like half uh I, I don't know how to say it. Maori, the what's Maori, the yeah, oh, it's half Maori, half Maori, Jewish. half Jewish, yeah. and so this is a very I can imagine a very close project for him, um, trying to articulate certain feelings, and I guess just come out on top on such a, like a dark part of human history. Uh, but speaking of the dark of humanity, it really just highlights sort of the light of humanity during that time. For sure, and it it doesn't mince any any tragedy that you'd think would be missing from it. Cause it's certainly there and it's, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, the, the whole movie is great. I would highly recommend it. I just remember being like sort of put down by it and not brought all the way back up. I guess that's mm. my, mm. my takeaway. Yeah. I mean, at the risk of sounding like a Nazi apologist, it, it really is like, <laughs> it really does show that like, you know, it's whatever side you're on is the side you're on. And I, and like, I certainly don't sympathize with their cause, but you know, if you're just an average person in Germany, like what does that look like for you? It's probably yeah. a lot of the same things that we go through. It's like, you know, some people probably bought, bought into it. Some people probably didn't. And there was a lot of people, like you mentioned Matt, that were sort of in the middle and they're like, yeah, I'm a Nazi, but like, I'm also going to like, not be evil you know to help yeah. people out but even it. like like sam rockwell's character you know he comes in he is like a nazi and yeah he clearly knows that they're hiding someone there and yeah. he he covers for him and then also i mean just with the kid it's like you grow up in nazi germany your mom is like trying to you know throw a cover up and her best cover up is you being a hitler youth and right. if you're a kid mm-hmm. an obsessive kid at that time like hitler's the guy and so I think yeah. it shows it in a very comical way, like a totally like bananas way, but like, yeah, yeah, you, you can kind of see how a kid would be totally into that. Yeah. It's just, it's very relatable to just want to be a kid that just fits into the world around you. And unfortunately this kid happened to live in uh, a truly repugnant part of the world. And especially at this time in history, um, it's probably pretty sweet to grow up in Germany now, but I can't imagine, yeah. you know, like it's, it's it just uh, it's it's relatable, you know. It just shows that, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're not, none of us are really all that different from one another. It's just we happen to believe different things, um, and hopefully, you believe uh, the right things. <laughs> I guess you could say, you know. Yeah, but I I think this is interesting because like it does shed the humanity on these people, especially with him 
and his best friend, who I think kind of steals the show, Archie Yates. Like, <laughs> For sure. he is absolutely adorable in this movie. Yeah. What's going on out here? The Russians, Chocho, they're coming. And the Americans from the other way. And England and China and Africa and India. The whole world is coming. Help me with this ammo. And how are we doing? Terribly. Our only friends are the Japanese. And just between you and me, they don't look very Aryan. And yeah, they're just like little Hitler youth. I'm like, oh, these kids are so cute. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) the fact that Taika chose to take on the role of imaginary Hitler and just like, you know, he's even said in interviews, he's like, yeah, I figured what would piss him off more than this like half Maori, half Jewish yeah. version playing him. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. fuck him. That's what I'm going to do. So that's why I did it. Like, I remember reading about this movie and like, how do you make a story out of like imaginary Hitler? This is yeah. <laughs> something else. Like I had full confidence in him because yeah. I loved Taika Waititi, but it's like, man, this is going to be just kind of nuts. So I, I don't know. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, before I go into mine, if you guys had any particular favorite scenes or anything about this movie that really stuck out to you, Tyler, do you want to let us know what yours was? Yeah, I mean, I hope I'm not uh, stealing everyone's everyone's thing here, but for me, it was it was uh, imaginary Hitler. Heil me, man. Heil Hitler. What? You can heil me better than that. Heil Hitler. No, just throw it away. Don't even think about it. Heil Hitler. No, you're overthinking it. Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. Who's Hitler? Do you even speak German? I just thought it was like the most ridiculous, silly, like pretty, it's a pretty gutsy thing to do to try and make this work. And the fact that not only does he make it work, it like, it genuinely succeeds and is truly like, I don't know if beautiful is the right word, but it's just like, it's, it's, it just works, you know, it just, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's funny and it's charming and it's all things that you would have never thought you would use to describe a, a child's relationship with his best friend, Hitler. Um, so yeah. for me, that's the thing I always think about. There's a million things to love about this movie, though. So I, I'm sure you guys can come up with some other stuff. But for me, that's what that's what takes it. That's awesome. How about you, Matt? Um, mine's got to mine's got to be Scar Joe's character. I mean, I think nice. she just like she was just like a beautiful human being in it um, from from the way she was parenting uh, not just, not just for her, the, not just for the cover up, but like she spent time with Jojo. She was a single parent. She had, she, she would still go for like walks with them, taught him some like important life lessons, even though she knew that he was like obsessed for his sake, for his safety was obsessed with Hitler. She was still teaching him like very important things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like, I, one of the, my favorite scenes is when she's like kind of playing the dad and the mom in, oh, yeah. in the scene. I was just like, man, Jojo. I know you miss me, but I'm I'm out there trying to make a difference in the world. And while I'm gone, I need you to take care of my Rosie. Can you do that? Yes, Dad. Thanks. She's doing what she can. And to like not really not throw any shade at that for the for the kid, you know? Yeah. Like just like I guess her parenting the way the way she was written as a parent and i was just curious like i haven't read too much into this movie so i don't know where that inspiration came from but the character that they made out of her was just amazing right yeah it was so good um she was yeah she's wonderful in this movie um if i had to pick 
I mean, I'm going to kind of cheat here because I thought you guys might take some. So I had some like backed up. So I'm just <laughs> going to go through all of them. Um, the funniest thing I, I think in the whole movie for me was when Stephen Merchant comes to the house and they just do all the Heils. Heil Hitler. Heil yeah, Hitler. Yeah. Like they just keep doing it over and over and over. Oh, and just so hearing, um, I think it was he, he was the one that came up with that and hearing an interview with him. He's just like, Man, I just thought it'd be really funny. Like, what if they kept up with that, like decorum every single time, like someone new came into the house? Like, yeah, that's really funny. Just they're all yeah. It's like, it's just so like, like, how can you make a joke out of saying Heil Hitler? It's like, well, this is how. This is really <laughs> yeah. super funny. Heil Hitler. 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 No, no, we were just Heil Hitlering the boy, and then Heil Hitlering yourself, and then, of course, Heil Hitlering Freddie Finkel, and now we're in the midst of a routine inspection. I, you know, there's a there's a clip online of Adam Driver singing in Marriage Story, and I feel like I account for, like, 400 of those views because I've watched <laughs> that thing over and over again. But if there is a close second place, it's the ending scene from this movie when Bowie starts to play. Mm-hmm. And they just start, like, dancing, like, across from each other and stuff. Like, man, like, that that just, like, I, I hear what you're saying, Matt, about how, like, maybe didn't bring you back up completely. But I, I couldn't leave this movie sad after watching that scene. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. These two have got each other. Got a little Bowie going. Like, th- this was a, such a great ending. Um, and it actually just leads into my actual favorite part of the whole movie. Um, and it's at the very end. It's like the quote that comes up at the end of the movie. Um, I've got it pulled up here. I'm just going to read it, but it just, it, it hit me. It knocked me over. Like it was, uh, it was just something that, that was really powerful to me, but it just says, let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. And I thought, Whoa, like I've never heard that before. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a quote, um obviously from uh i don't i don't remember exactly who but um from go to the limits of your longing and man when when that came up on the screen that like i that just like really took the wind out of me Mm -hmm. you know like oh wow that's like such a cool concept to keep in mind i guess you know it's like we're we're all changing everything was happening to us and we should let it happen to us not necessarily fight it because everything's going to pass, you know, we'll, we'll right. keep going. Um, I just thought that was beautiful. I, I love that so much. And it's like for a funny movie about a serious topic, whatever, like the, there's still some really great emotional impact. Um, but along those lines, you know, talking about like no feeling being final and just keep going on. I kind of want to like roll this into our next movie, which is also a Taika Waititi movie. Um, and Matt, you chose hunt for the wilder people. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, it'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. So I hunt for wilder people. I had seen uh, a buddy of mine, uh, race race. If you're listening, thank you. Please like, and subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> Tell your friends. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which it was a great recommendation. I, I had become familiar with Taika through Thor Ragnarok. Uh, that was my first um, exposure to him. And the thing is he's, he's been around like he, I, I looked at his IMDb to see like where wilder people, uh sat on his uh filmography and he's he's had his hands he's played different roles in every he's done everything for for tv and movies like he mm-hmm. does you know writing right uh, acting directing he does he does it all so this is 2016 um starring julian dennison sam neill uh takes place in uh new zealand 
Uh, it's about a, a foster care kid kind of just finding his, his home basically, but it's in such a done in such a funny way with just like funny characters, just complete oddballs and also highlights just sort of like the, the rural nature of, of New Zealand, mm-hmm. which is kind of like part of, part of a love letter to rural New Zealand basically. And, um, I really loved it. Um, I, I was familiar with Julian Dennison from Deadpool two and Sam Neill kind of stole the show for me. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a role like this, just kind of a grizzled old he was man. Really cool. Oh, in this love heck. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's your dog's name? Zag. You should get another one who name it Zig. Bella told me to tell you that you should give me something to do. Is there anything you want me to do? Yeah. Leave me alone. Cool. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just like such a good feel good movie, and I feel like that's kind of Taika's brand from my ex- experience with him. Um, he knows the recipe to just like make, put the audience in a great place. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was no different. There's just so much heart and humor. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else I can say about it. It's yeah. no, awesome. I think that's great. I think, you know, this could easily qualify as like a, an unsung gem. You know, I think when it comes to chatting with some other people, I don't, there's not a ton of people. I don't think that have seen this. Not that it's like a really rare movie, but I just don't think it's one that's up there with Thor and what we do in the shadows as far as what he's known for. Um, this was a blind watch for me. Um, well, I mean, this, this viewing was, uh, I'd already seen it, um, but I remember walking over to Broadway theater one day after work, I had seen Eagle versus shark and what we do in the shadows. So I recognized the name, but I had no idea what I was getting into. And I think how you put it was just wonderful. It's just like, it is, it's a, it's kind of a, a tribute to, the rural uh, New Zealand countryside. Um, but man, I did not expect the laughs, the laughs that I got. Like this yeah. was <laughs> such a funny movie for something that isn't necessarily like a comedic set piece, you know, like where right. it's located or anything. You wouldn't necessarily think that. Um, but I had a great time. I'm glad that we watched it. Tyler, what were your thoughts on Humphrey Wilder people? Yeah, basically all the same thing you guys have said. Uh, I went into it completely blind. Uh, I know other than knowing, you know, it was a Taika YTT movie. <clears throat> um, I didn't even know Sam Neill was in it when I saw him. I was like, oh shit, this guy looks good in a jungle, you know, Jurassic Park and <laughs> Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, but yeah, I you know I think you guys pretty much nailed it. Um, it's very, it, it's like <clears throat> Taika has a definite thumbprint on all his movies, even Thor. You know, it's just like. Yeah. There's a sort of like levity to it and there's a sort of like maybe not so much in Ragnarok, but there's a like definite warmth and there's like a silliness to it, but it never gets too silly. Like no matter mm-hmm. how silly it gets, it still somehow stays, you know, grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not necessarily a comedic set piece, but it's definitely an odd couple, right? Like this yeah. kid and Sam Neill couldn't be more different, which is the crux of the movie in itself so um yeah other than that i mean i i truly loved it um it it all it just barely missed my uh top four you know rushmore mountains mm-hmm. of the year and uh, yeah i mean after seeing you know a handful of taika movies this year it's like he's become a guy like if his name's on it and it comes out like i'm i have to see it you know it's mm-hmm. yeah it's uh that's exactly how i feel like i made it 
a mission to go back and watch everything. I really, I think I'd only missed boy, which was his second feature film after Eagle versus shark. Um, but that one held up perfectly, you know, it's just, it's so funny and tributes to, you know, kind of the old eighties, Michael Jackson and how his son like can, you know, pretend his dad's the coolest guy in the world. And like, he does all this awesome stuff and Tyka's, you know, he's in that he's hilarious. He's I'm with you. I think he's someone that for me, you know, we talk about this sometimes with, with Nolan, with Wes Anderson, whatever, but these directors where it's like, if your name's on it, I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. I don't really care. You know, it's, he's proven himself with Mandalorian. Um, even in his Mm -hmm. casting, you know, he has, uh, the woman who plays like the correctional officer, Rachel, um, what's, what's her name? Rachel house. She is so funny to me. Um, yeah. I mean, to go <laughs> quickly into, it, I mean, that's probably one of my favorite scenes of this whole movie is when she's going over all the crimes that he's done. It's <laughs> just like spitting and it's just like dumb stuff like that. But that montage that goes on. Apparently he's a bit of a handful, real bad ick. I mean, if you look in his file, you'll see that for yourself. We're talking disobedience, stealing, spitting, running away, throwing rocks, kicking stuff, defacing stuff, burning stuff, loitering, and graffiti. And that's just the stuff we know about. And just like the way that she says it, I don't know, Rachel House like really cracks me up. She showed up in Thor, which was great. Uh, She was recently just in Soul, Mm -hmm. um, and I thought she was wonderful in that as well. So I hope we just get more and more of her. Um, But yeah, I mean, to play my hand, that's probably my favorite scene from this movie is that whole montage of Ricky Baker's crimes um, but I, you know, I'd love to hear what you guys, uh, you know, have to say, Matt, like, do you have a favorite scene from this movie? Something that really stuck out to you? Um, so I, you, you'll always hear me highlight songs that make it to my, um, yearly playlist. And from this movie, it was that turn the lights down low mm-hmm. when that, uh, when that dad and daughter take Ricky in for a little bit. Yeah. And it's, it was just like an unexpected thing to just like throw in there. But like the the girl's playing and then the dad just joins in. You don't even know he's there. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, let your moon come shining in Into our life again But uh, yeah, that's got to be my favorite on-screen version of Turn the Lights Down Low. Yes. One, I mean, not my favorite part. Well, maybe it is my favorite part. I also like the Ricky Baker song, his birthday song. Oh, I love it. <laughs> At the table. <laughs> the little keyboard. Yeah. And, everything. Just like, and just like watching Sam Neill, that whole scene. Like, yes. he was so over it. He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's such a, so, such a silly character. What a funny, odd couple. Um, yeah, Ricky takes my... Uh, favorite moment. I don't want to say exactly what the moment is because I think it's too funny and I don't know how funny it would be. I don't want it to be ruined for someone, but there's a moment in the movie where things get real and uh, it's, you'll know what I mean when you see it, when you watch this, if you haven't seen it already Um, it's even though it's not my, it didn't top my list of favorite movies or whatever. Um, the scene and the line. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I think about it all the time. Uh, yeah. So it easily won for me. And in fact, it's like I can, I can, if I'm being honest, barely remember anything else about the movie without prompts. <laughs> like if I, when you guys talk about this stuff, it comes back. But when mm-hmm. I look back without prompt, it's like that's the only thing I can remember. So for me, it's uh, when things get real, Ricky Baker has a unique, a, a unique way of dealing with it. So, yeah, yeah, I, it, that, I mean, that seems so good, but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I love uh, Reese Darby in this as well when they run uh-huh. into him towards the end and just like his comedic stuff, like, oh, the underground tunnel. He's like, you got an underground tunnel? Like, Sam, what's the fastest way out of here? Jetpack. Do you actually have a jetpack? No. What? Wait, I've got an underground bunker. <laughs> this tunnel leads directly to an underground cave. I haven't dug it yet. Like, just all that kind of stuff. Like, it's there's some some great humor in this. Um, but yeah, the Ricky Baker song is is so good. And um, yeah, the scene where they run into those other guys, and I, I don't know. It's I really enjoy this movie. Um, I'm glad you know we got to we got to check it out again for sure. Um, Taika for me is just like you know he's he's doing great stuff. Um, and along the lines of great stuff, I'm just gonna go into what my pick was. Uh, I did not really give myself a category. Um, I mean, I, I guess I technically put it under home invasion. Um, but, you know, I talked about this before. So if you've listened to our episodes, you'll hear this again. But this was a movie that I was just like, Matt, Tyler, I need you to watch this movie <laughs> because the Oscars are coming. And I'm going to need to text some people when this movie loses out of like <laughs> frustration and anger. <laughs> like I need someone to like vent to. Um, so I selected Parasite because I just I really needed you guys to see this before the Oscars happened. Um, this was one of the very, very rare occasions for me where, you know, since getting involved in Letterboxd and really like processing movies that way while I'm watching it, this was one of the only movies that I've ever after the first watch has been like five stars. I'm like done. Yeah. Like there's yeah. I, I can't I, I know I'm not overthinking it. <laughs> you know, like I just know this is a five star movie and that's all there is to it. Um Ashley and I went and saw it in the theaters, uh, weren't a ton of people there. And I was just kind of floored. It's like, Whoa, this, this was, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this, but this was just like amazing. And it's kind of this weird thing of like, you know, we don't need to like get into, to politics by any means, but there's something that's kind of strange about like experiencing something that's going to go down in history in the moment. Um, and that's kind of how I felt watching this where it's like, I think I just watched like, a masterpiece the week that it came out. And I don't yeah. know if that's right or not. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah. yeah, no, I get like, if I had watched Casablanca, like that's a, a great movie. I get why, you know, vertigo, like all these kind of movies are touted as masterpieces and they are, but it just felt so strange. It was like, I think I just watched one of the greatest movies of my life. <laughs> and that just feels really weird to not be like, you know, an, uh, an exaggeration, but that's really how mm-hmm. I felt about it. I was like, man, yeah. this was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Um, and as I talked about before, that was also within like a two week period of watching uncut gems and knives out. So it was just like a, it was a really great two weeks for me at the movie theaters. <laughs> once of a, once in a lifetime. For once sure. Yeah. Week. I don't know. I don't know when it's ever going to get replicated, but, but yeah, I, I really love that movie. I, I just like made you guys watch it <laughs> more or less. <laughs> like you guys need to watch this. Um, and it's, I, I guess I've just been talking about it, not even really explaining what it is, but it's a Bong Jun Ho's movie from 2019. Uh, I, I don't know how to talk about it too much without yeah. going into the spoilers of it. So the IMDb tagline just said, uh, greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim clan. So we're kind of dealing, there's one main family um, and they get involved with another family and I don't know. Hijinks ensue. I don't know how else to, <laughs> how else to explain hijinks. it. Um, but man, this was just like, this was, a, it was a perfect movie to me. Um, I, I think we're kind of in a consensus in the group amongst that, but 
Matt, I would love to hear your thoughts on on Parasite. First off, if you're listening to this, it's 2021. And if you haven't seen this, shame on you. Shame, shame, <laughs> yeah. shame. Like, stop the podcast right now. Fire it yes. up. Watch it. And yeah. And I come don't, back. Yeah, yeah. Come back in time. Yeah. But geez, like, it, it, it won and it deserved to win. And it's crazy that it won. Like, it was one of those things where, like, you can't believe it won because. Yeah. You almost feel like the ones that like really deserve it, that should be unanimous, that really do, yeah, never win. And then on top of that, it's a foreign film, and so it had several things going against it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thrilled. I was thrilled to see it win. Um, every year, my wife's family does like sort of like a an Oscars competition, like a March, March Madness sort of thing with the Oscars. Oh, it's my favorite part of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, uh, Angie and I had picked it to win. And no one else did and no one else had seen it and no one else had really like heard about it. And then like on top of it being like a, a foreign film, like foreign films just typically, you know, I mean, we know just don't, mm-hmm. they have their category, like it can win its category and we move on. Um, but uh, yeah, after the Oscars, it was like Angie and I trying to convince every single person to watch the movie. Yeah. It is a, an experience unlike any movie I've ever seen. Um, it's like, the storytelling and it's perfect because it, it just it just pulls you along and it it's shocking in several different areas of the movie takes unexpected twists that you've never seen in any movie because I mean at this point we're we're all groomed to expect a lot of things that are the same and remixed from previous iterations of something right <laughs> and you're not gonna find this in mythology or Arthurian lore like this isn't based off of anything this is right. yeah its own thing. And we're going to see things based off of this and remixed from this for the rest of our lives. For sure. That's a really um, good point. Yeah. And so it was exciting to witness it and to see it and everyone in it was just great. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I have like a, I'd have to, I probably have to watch it again for like a favorite part. Um, but I mean, th- there, there are levels to it too. Like the, the parasitic relationship is just, I mean, that's just, that's up for interpretation, you know? Yeah. And that that's one of the geniuses of, one, one of the pieces of genius of Bong Joon-ho. And uh, I really like, uh, I know there's a meme about it, but it's the, always the scene that comes to mind where they're just like outside the door and they're like rehearsing like what they're yeah. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what always comes to mind when it comes to that movie. I know there's there's tons of parts that I love about it. Um, that's always the part that comes to mind. Oh, I, I love that scene so much. That that was wonderful. The, the thing I love about that, you know, I, I mean, I read so much about it and just like I, I try to digest as much as I could. But one of the things that Parasite does so well is they use the camera as like the I mean, it, it's used as a visual, but like as the viewer's viewpoint where you know, we're, we're going up to the door with them. And then we like, we stop and we turn back to them while they're practicing their thing. And then like, we turn the camera as, as she moves forward to like ring the doorbell, like the camera's movement is very intentional throughout this movie, which is just one of the many elements uh, I think of like why it works so well. And I'm glad you brought up the Oscar thing. Cause that really was like why I, I was harping on you guys so much to like, please watch this because like two years before we got, um, we thought it was a La La Land and it ended up being Moonlight 
And it was like, okay, cool. Like the, the diversity is starting to pay off. Like we're starting to recognize actual great movies for being the great movies they are. And then one year later, they're like green book. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're not really progressing as much as we think no. we are. So that's why I was just like, I know they're just going to give it to 1917 for the long tracking shot. There's just no way it's not going to win, but yeah, best picture, best foreign film, best director, best writer. Like it, it, for all the categories that I, I, you know, it was really in contention for, I think it, uh, it took everything it needed to, um, Tyler, what were your thoughts on, on parasite? I mean, in all, in all honesty, like when I think about this movie, it's almost like, it's almost too good. It's almost like, Mm -hmm. I I consider myself to be a fairly intelligent person, uh, capable of critical thought and analysis, but it's like, when I think about this movie, it's just, it's sort of dumbfounding, right? Like he, it's, it's pretty incredible to think that, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2020, when this (laughs) or 2019 when this came out that it was able to create something truly authentic that like we've never seen before. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen every movie in the world. That's why we're doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I've never seen anything like this ever. Like it doesn't matter that you can't understand the language. It's subtitled and all that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that, you know, we can all relate to, struggle and uh ambition and wanting more for ourselves and and uh you know feeling less than or looking up looking up the hill at the houses at the top of the hill and wishing you could be up there but at the same time it's like you know as an american we like it's just it's it's different living in america even in the big cities than it is living in like the big cities and their own class systems in Mm -hmm. in asia right Mm -hmm. like Like, Ben, you and I have been to South Korea. We went together. And, you know, we've been lucky enough to travel and in some cases live in big cities in the United States and around the world. But it's like, it's just different. You know, everywhere is different. So it's like, even though it's so far removed from our reality, we can relate to it. It's just, I don't know. I've just never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. Like, it it was really cool to... Cool might not be the right word. But it was interesting to get a peek into like what it would be like to live in that world at that class level. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and to see like, like the true like, beauty in it, you know, like the, how much that family means to each other. Uh, that's probably in a weird way. That's so, that's what stands out most to me is just like the love that family had for each other. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a moment where they're all eating like the instant noodles together in the basement. It's pretty early in the movie. Um, and you know, it, it goes from what you think is going to be like a family struggling to survive movie, which it is. And it just, it just keeps, it's like you're in a tumbler and it just keeps flipping what this movie is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's reminds me of a quote that I heard or read, or I don't know. It's not that it's like that crazy of a, or that, uh, authentic of a quote or, uh, anyways, but it's like, you know, you can't break the rules until you know all the rules, right? Mm -hmm. Like, don't worry about breaking the rules until you know them all. And it feels like he knows exactly everything that you can do with the film. And he like created something completely new from it. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's pretty incredible. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's, I just said a whole lot of stuff that basically (laughs) just means like, it's just, you just have to see it. It's like, 
we can sit here and describe it and go scene by scene and pick it apart and spoil everything, which, you know, I, maybe is what people want from a podcast, because I assume if you're listening, you've seen this movie. Yeah. But if you haven't, like, go see it. And if you have, I'm not sure what I can add to the conversation other than the 4,000 words I just spit at you guys. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I remember telling you guys that I was worried I was overselling it, you know, when I was trying to just hit home how badly I need you guys to see it. It was like, I don't want to ruin the experience, but like, I, I cannot stress this enough. And um, I, I mean, I don't think it ruined it for either of you guys. I think it still just held its own. I was like, oh yeah, this is a really strong movie. Um, I, I, I often like reflect like some of the visuals of just like, you know, the, the peach fuzz dust that, you know, he, he spreads yeah. as he's walking by, like for, for that, like allergic reaction. That's just some of the visuals are astounding in this, but like you said, Tyler, like, I just, I don't know what you can add to it. Uh, you know, how do you, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's how, like, do, how you do you describe perfection? You know, yeah, how I mean? do you it, it, describe the Mona Lisa to someone? It's just yeah. a painting, and, yeah. but it's like, or how do you describe like, you know, any, you know, pick a work of art or pick a song or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it when, when they, when a, when a piece of art reaches the certain level that parasite reached, it's like, I don't know, man, it's the Sistine chapel. It's, it's, yeah. it's whatever, you know, like compare it to whatever you want. It's like, you just gotta just see it. Fucking amazing. You gotta go see it for yourself, form your own yeah. opinions. But so, yeah, I guess that being said, go watch the movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, please go watch this movie and tell us what you think. Tell us if you think we're crazy or whatever, but mm-hmm. we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, we, yeah, we normally do a Rushmore mountain at this point, but uh, we're kind of introducing a new idea here with the round recaps and just kind of going over, you know, for each of us, maybe something that uh, was the winner out of the three movies of this round, a favorite scene, favorite piece of music, a favorite, whatever um, throughout these three movies, Matt, do you have a winner for our round four recap? My honorary mention, since I'm not going to name a spoilery scene from Parasite, um, <laughs> a, a scene that I often think about is that's made me super class aware is when the 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 Mrs. Park can smell Mr. Kim in the car. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like I always wonder, like, do I have a scent that <laughs> upper class people can just smell me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And his no, face, like when she says that, you just like see it in his face. Oh, like, I know. It's yeah. like, oh man. And I know that like obviously, like Tyler pointed out, like we don't e- we have we're not even in comparison to like what some of those like lower class mm-hmm. um uh metropolitan areas in Asia face, but like yeah, just like that class awareness is just like degrading and I still feel, you know, sad and yeah, all that. But For sure. my my uh I think for me, what wins this round, the scene would have to be the David Bowie scene uh, at the nice. end of uh, Jojo Rabbit. You know, when that song comes on and like it, it's funny because obviously it's like um, in an anachronism where obviously the song doesn't belong in this time, but they they use the German version and like just in the context, it just is such a beautiful. And then it, like it rolls into that quote that Ben talked about. It's just like so good. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Such a powerful scene for sure. How about you, Tyler? Um, gosh, it almost seems like a cop out answer, considering it makes up two thirds of this round. But for me, the the clear winner of this round, despite Parasite being one of the best movies I've ever seen, was Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. um, because 
you know, for me, it was like, if I think of this movie uh, from my own lens and my own perspective and my own little world, you know, he completely won me over. You know, there's a few directors that when the movie comes out, like, chances are I'm going to see it. Like, whether or not it's in the theater, like, I will at some point see that movie. Like, Tarantino falls into that realm. Chris mm-hmm. Nolan falls into that realm. Uh, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, now, Ta- Taika is, is right up there with him. So, for me, uh, despite Parasite being the my favorite thing I watched all of last year, uh, I will say uh, Taika is the, the standout winner for me. It's a super solid choice. Um, mine's kind of a tie between two people from Parasite. I mean, it's so easy to say Bong Joon-ho because, you know, just like directing this movie and, you know, writing it, all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously his importance is there and it's understood. Um, but I think my winner would be Song Kang-ho, who was the dad in Parasite. Mm, yeah. I feel like his performance really, like, they, he's worked together a lot with Bong Joon-ho. We saw him in The Host, which we'll be talking about mm-hmm. um, eventually. Like, he's he's a great actor, and I really think that he kind of um, is the through line for me, anyway, in this movie. Like, I really connect to him. His humor at the beginning, like, oh, I'll praise the Wi-Fi gods, you know, like, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And just, like, the, the way the movie ends and he, he's just uh he's wonderful he's an amazing actor and he was probably my favorite part of the whole movie so i'm gonna uh, go with him although a very close second would be just ricky baker in general i just want to <laughs> i just want to be part of the skucks life you know what i mean like uh, yeah next time you see me i'll have a skucks life across my chest just tattooed so yeah um but yeah, no, this was a super fun round. I think these were all like really great movies. I'm glad we watched them. Thank you everybody for joining us to talk about or listen to us, I guess, talk about this. But we'd love <laughs> to hear what you guys think. Um, if you guys have seen any of these movies, we want to know what your thoughts were on them. Uh, if you're looking forward to their next projects, you know, we got Thor four love and thunder coming up as well as his like Taika's star Trek movie or star Wars movie, which is going to be great. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Just love uh, any participation that you guys have. We'd love to hear from you. So um, yeah, I guess, you know, signing off for Matt and Tyler, we will see you guys next week. Yeah.